May we have your attention, please? In the 10 years between 2009 and 2019, 10 of our colleagues died while on duty as a result of road accidents. That's half of all workforce fatalities for that period. That this very significant statistic has only recently come to light is in itself a cause for concern that suggests we should look at how road accidents are reported and recorded. The fact that road traffic accidents aren't riddle reportable may have been a significant contributor to this hidden safety problem. However, since 2019, a lot of work has been going on behind the scenes. The road risk group was set up as a specialist risk group reporting to the system safety risk group. During the last two years, the road risk group has formed a collaborative partnership with Highways England to help the rail industry realise its vision of working together to reduce work-related road risk exposure to the workforce, passengers and the public. So today I'll be talking with Tavid Dobson, one of our lead safety management specialists at RSSB, and to Anne-Marie Penny, the Senior Road Safety Policy Advisor at Highways England, who leads on the Driving for Better Business programme. Here I usually ask my new guests to introduce themselves and tell our listeners how they got to their current role in the railway, or in Anne-Marie's case, how you came to be working with the railway. So Anne-Marie, please. Thanks, Ant. I've been in road safety for nearly 20 years now, and this was following a life-threatening motorbike crash, which made me really review road safety and how important, actually, what we do on the roads really is. So now I've worked in, in local government, delivering road safety education. I've managed a road safety partnership, and I've worked in enforcement, so covered almost all bases there. I moved to Highways England about four years ago, and that's a focus on strategic safety, so working with government bodies, but specifically now looking at work-related road risk, which introduced me to the challenges that the rail industry is facing for looking at their workforce. Thank you, Amory, and welcome to the RSSB podcast. And now, Tavid, please. Yeah, good morning. So after leaving the Royal Navy in 1990, I began my career in health and safety management with Brown and Root, and then I was parachuted into London Underground to support the implementation of the Section 12 project following the King's Cross fire. Well, I guess that's where I began my career in uh, railways. My involvement in road risk started at RSSB. I should have realised uh, during my second interview when my presentation was on road risk in the rail industry. One of my challenges that I highlighted in the presentation was that, that road risk was something that generally happened outside the boundary fence of the railway. And even though we were starting to recognise its impact on the overall risk profile, we still referred to cars, vans and lorries as non-rail vehicles. So there's a long way to go, Anne. So, Tavid, once you'd unearthed all this information or lack of it about road driving risk in the rail industry, what did you think needed to be done about it? Well, a lot of good work had been done as I was arriving at RSSB, which included a research project, T997, which identified fatigue as a significant issue for workforce drivers. This had been emerged through some important work through Cyrus, which first raised the issue of road risk to the rail industry. And on the back of this, a project safety group had been formed to raise awareness across the rail industry. When leading health and safety on British Railways emerged, road risk was considered to be one of the 12 significant risks for the railways to improve in. So we were very lucky that we had the opportunity to set up a road risk group and started casting our net around to see who we could bring in to help us learn and understand how to manage this significant risk for the railway industry. And that's how I met Anne-Marie and Driving for Better Business. Uh, thank you, Tabit. 
Anne-Marie, if I can turn to you now, Tavid's mentioned something about his initial conversations with you about driving for better business. Could you tell us more about the programme and what it aims to do? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, as Tavid said, driving for better business started out many years ago, but it sort of lost traction um, around 2010. Back then, it was a simple campaign. So in 2016-17, Highways England saw the potential to refresh the campaign into a much wider programme of work covering all areas of road safety and aimed at raising awareness of the importance of managing work-related road risk and the benefits to organisation organisations of well-managed drivers. So driving for work is covered under health and safety law, but it's often overlooked as, unlike other serious incidents, Work-related driving incidents are not required to be reported to the um, health and safety executive. So Driving for Better Business um, has a vision, a world where those who use the roads for work do so safely, efficiently and sustainably. And quite simply, employers have a prime role to play in the safety of their drivers under their duty of care for law. So at least one third of injury collisions involve someone driving for work. We say at least because at the time of an injury collision, the police will collect data. Not every time do they collect the data on journey purpose. So currently it's not mandatory, but in the future from 2022, it will be a mandatory field to complete. So we'll have much better data. So looking back to 2019, 38,376 people were killed or injured in collisions involving someone driving for work. Just under 12,000 of these were at-work drivers, and just over 6,000 were their passengers. But over 20,000 of these were other vehicle occupants who were not driving for work. So it's a massive problem, but the good news is that we can do something about it. So again, working on that simple premise that employers have a prime role to play in the safety of their drivers, Driving for Better Business highlights the key benefits of good management. The benefits include improved safety and compliance, and reduced impact of driving on the environment, which is a key thing to discuss at the moment. Improved business sustainability, uh, and that's simply by just reducing the costs through good management. Ultimately, fewer people killed or injured on the roads in Britain is good for everybody. Thank you, Anne-Marie. That is certainly something good to aim for. So, Tavid, Anne-Marie's told us about how DFBB wanted to raise awareness of work-related road driving risk. How did you start the process and who have you brought together to collaborate on this? Thank you. Yes, I mean, Drive Bit of Business is provides the rail industry with a common framework. And the whole approach for leading a health and safety on British Railways was around collaboration, you know, providing a common framework for everybody to work together around. One of the key aspects of Drive Bit of Business is that it's very much focused on helping individual organisations to manage work-related road risk. And what we were able to do by applying the collaborative structure was to provide that forum to allow companies to start to share and start to learn from each other and ultimately to start to work together on joint improvements in the area of work-related road safety. Thank you, Tavid. That's set out some of the history nicely. I can see why all the industry sectors would want to get involved. Can I turn to Anne-Marie now? Could you tell us why Highways England sees a value in getting involved with the rail industry? Uh, yeah, so Tavid mentioned the framework. So Driving for Better Business provides all the tools, all the guidance and advice necessary for all employers to go through steps provided to ensure they're meeting their duties of care. But that's no good if we do it on our own. So actually involving the rail industry 
as a key partner is really important. The rail industry has always had safety at its heart, and it has showed great foresight in recognising that gap that is uh, work-related road risk. So working with the Rail Safety and Standards Boards provides that consistent approach, enabling the programme to support the wider rail industry in improving the on-road safety record to improve business efficiencies and helping to address those sustainability agendas that we've got. It also provides a great opportunity to take the message further through to the rail industry's supply chains. That's a really important piece of work. We can't ignore the safety of our of our contractors and our supply chains. Both the rail industry and the road industry contract a significant number of organisations, and there is a responsibility to ensure good standards of road risk management in those supply chains. Value of working together is massive. Just thinking about the opportunities to reduce the human toll on our roads through the simple process is really inspiring. But when you put this together with the cost savings that organisations can realise, especially in the wake of a really difficult last 12 months, the value is in the positive benefits for individuals, organisations and UK PLC. Thank you, Anne-Marie. Turning back to Tavid now, can you tell us what benefits you've got from the collaboration and what you think the rail industry will see in the future? Yes, thank you, Anne. One of the great parts about how this is operated is that we brought Highways England directly into the Road Risk Group alongside uh, the Association for Road Risk Management. And this has provided the industry now with a complete package for providing a one-stop shop in terms of how this support that Anne-Marie refers to can be pushed out towards the industry. In addition to those members, if you like, of that support group, is targeted across four different sectors of the railway, including Network Rail, ISLG for the contractors. We've got the top sector and, of course, the freight sector. We've worked really hard over the last couple of years, particularly with the freight sector, to establish a firm foundation for how collaboration works in this particular area. The Road Risk Champions Group of the freight sector has spearheaded a lot of the work which we've been doing to demonstrate where collaboration and sharing of this work really does provide improvements. Thank you, David. How are you planning to deal with the challenge? So we've recognised that the biggest challenge we have is making sure that we get leadership commitment behind what we need to do. We have been trying for many years to develop a rail industry standard, but after a while we decided that the best approach was probably to produce some form of commitment charter, which we could use to get the rail industry to collaborate around taking on and, and, and implementing the Driving Better Business program. We've been very lucky that we've got endorsements from the Department of Transport and the ORR and also PACS to endorse our approach, but also to, to welcome the rail industry into achieving the Driving Better Business program. We've got a plan set out that uh, introduces the Driving Better Business program to each company via a gateway that's been designed and put in place by the Driving Better Business team. This will be a single portal that allows access not just to rail companies, but the entire supply chain that operates in this area. Now, this focused support and all this information and guidance being provided should provide a complete step change into the way that the rail industry has been tackling this issue. And by coming together and collaborating, we hope to implement significant improvements in the way this, this risk is being managed. Thank you, Tavid. You've mentioned the support from the ORR and the Department for Transport, which is included in the new charter that's being developed. Anne-Marie, could you tell us how firms are going to meet the charter obligations? By going through the Drive for Better Business seven steps, employers and 
organisations in the rail industry will be meeting their duties of care. And that's all the charter is asking for. So there are seven simple steps. And the very first is to register with the programme. It's important to point out the Driving for the Business programme is not a standard. We don't audit anybody. What we do is provide a single point where people can get all the work-related road risk information they need and identify what they need to do and find the right route out. We're there to show um, how to meet the duty of care, but also how to continue with good practice and continuous improvement. Um, If you want to know about standards, we've got information about standards and accreditations. So the programme is free to access. And like I said, it contains all the tools and resources to evaluate practices, to strengthen your culture, to really enhance that performance and to demonstrate leadership in the management of work-related road risk. This is really important. There's actually a big room for improvement here. We're looking for leaders to step up and show how it can really be done well. And we're looking to the rail industry for those leaders right now. Even if you're already looking at work-related road risk, driving for better business is a good way to check that everything is in order through the gap analysis. Once you've registered, access um, is there for all the resources. And if there are any challenges that you're facing and there isn't a resource for it, we can help produce it. So in the um, later podcasts, Simon Turner, who's our campaign manager, will be talking more about um, the seven-step process and some of the benefits it can bring. Anne-Marie, thank you very much for summing that up so nicely. As Anne-Marie's just said, this is just the first in a series of podcasts that will cover road risk and the Driving for a Better Business program and the charter But for now, I hope you've found something of interest and we'll come back to listen to the other podcasts in this series. As ever, thank you for listening so far. If you have any questions or comments about this or any other of our podcasts, please email me on podcasts at rssb.co.uk. But for now, thank you for listening and goodbye. (laughs) 